Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message. Good morning. Uh, aren't you aren't you proud of those students who are using using their gifts and their talents that God's given them to uh, to learn what it is to lead worship, to sing praises to Him, and uh, just to trust in Him? So, uh, thank you, ladies, uh, for that. Uh, thank you, Cohen, uh, Jacob, and Stephen. Thank you, guys. Uh, for playing, and Stephen, thank you for leading and um, working with uh, them uh, each and every week. And so, uh, so we are thankful uh, for uh, students and for our student ministry, and uh, we do uh, pray for them as they get ready to go back to school um, here uh, Tuesday for most of them, uh, unless you're at Southside Christian. you got, you got a little bit longer. Uh, uh, south side uh, you got a little extra break there so um, but if you've got your bibles uh, go ahead and turn to hebrews chapter 11 that's where we're going to be at today as we continue our series in the book of hebrews uh, this is where we land and uh, so hebrews chapter 11 um, those of you that are looking it's in the new testament uh, if you need to use your table of contents, that's totally okay as well. So, but I have a question for you. Uh, I want you to think about, have you ever had that, been in a situation, had a situation that you found yourself in that where you had to put your trust in someone other than yourself? You had to put your trust in something or someone. Now, when we were uh, on vacation earlier this summer, um, one of my daughters and my nephew and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law decided that uh, they wanted to go zip lining uh, down there, and um, so uh, so we did. I drove them and I waited for them, uh, and all about about an hour and a half, two hours. But I was totally okay with that. Um, so um, they they say something about a a wait. Uh, limit and uh, for once I was kind of glad that uh, that I didn't meet that uh, so I didn't have to make the choice that made the choice for me uh, but uh, when you're zip lining uh, those of you that have been before uh, you trust that that harness that they put you in and that that wire that you're getting ready to uh, zip through the uh, woods uh, in most cases, is going to hold up as you're going through that zip line. As you're zipping through from one station to the next. And um, I will just tell you that um, there were some of those zip lines that uh, I got to watch them uh, go from one side to the other that were were a little bit smaller. And then there were some that were a little bit taller. Uh, I think the the tallest one uh, was 90 feet tall. Um, and um, our youngest, 
uh, Claire uh, is, she's the adventurous one of, of the two of our daughters, and so she just got up there, and she just took off, and whoo, you know, um, she had that trust there, and I was trusting as well as I, I watched them, um, but maybe, maybe you've not been ziplining, but uh, another thing that, that happens um, that you can do at Oak Island is uh, you can go skydiving. Uh, you can um, get in a uh, perfectly operating plane, uh, and they can take you 10,000 feet or so in the air, and uh, you can jump out um, on your own. I mean, you, you just ju- it's your choice. I mean, uh, you just jump out. But when you jump out, at first, you know, you have that free fall, um, and then you get to that point where you pull the cord, and you have to have faith that as you pull that cord, that parachute's going to open up, and it's going to slow your descent back to the ground, um, and it's going to be fun, so they say. Um, that's, that's what I've been told. Uh, not done it before, but uh, I've had friends, um, actually one of my pastor friends who uh, uh, is like uh, the Paul of, of, for me in ministry, uh, when his daughter turned 21, they have a place there at Oak Island as well, uh, and uh, that was what she wanted to do for her 20, 21st birthday. Uh, so um, she did, and they have video of it, and uh, it seems like a adrenaline rush for those that do it. Uh, I take their word for that. Um, I will never forget, actually, um, and she's in the, in the service this morning. One of the first trips that I took the students on uh, when I came here in 1998, uh, we went to Carowinds. And um, at Carowinds, it was something fairly new now. Uh, back then, but not so much now. But uh, there's this, it's not a zip line, but it's a cable thing, you know, that pulls you all the way up and then you have to pull the cord. And so uh, I was 22. My brain hadn't fully, you know, developed yet. And so uh, so myself and Stephanie uh, Atkins and Evan McDonald, uh, we we did the the triple uh, person and and I was in the middle, and Stephanie was on the left, Evan was on the right, he was the one that was to pull the cord. Um, and, you know, we, we started to get pulled up that thing at Carowinds, and uh, you don't notice it as much until you get up, you know, just a little ways. There's this, like, bullseye on the concrete down there, um, and... We, we kept going up, and I was thinking, okay, we're almost there. We're almost there. And then um, as we're continuing to get pulled up, there's the other um, contraption. Uh, they had two of them going, and they, these girls had, had uh, pulled their cord and had started coming down, and it was in the, their screams that I realized uh, we've still got another half of the way up, and uh, and I was like, oh my goodness! And it didn't help the fact that uh, Evan McDonald, uh, Miss Linda, you'll understand this. 
Greg, you'll understand this. Um, you know, he can be a practical joker at times and um, try to be funny. And he's like, he's like, Heath, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can, if I can reach that cord. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, and I'm thinking, look, I know you have short arms, but um, I said, you know, you've got to pull that cord. And he said, he said, I don't know that I can reach it the way that we're harnessed in here. And, and I, I remember saying, I don't care what you have to do. When we get to that stopping point, and all you pull that cord as quick as possible, because I want to get back down. Um, you know, I was starting to regret uh, the decision, but uh, and we get up there, and, and he pulls the cord, and we come swinging down, and, you know, there's a moment there you feel like Superman, you know, as you're flying through, and you're laying there on your stomach, and it is a huge adrenaline rush, uh, and there was a video at one point, uh, it was on VHS, so I don't know that it would actually work anymore. Uh, those of you that don't know what a VHS is, ask your parents or your grandparents. Um, and so, um, but it was, I mean, you, you had that initial drop and then that thing tightened up and it just you swung you out, you know, and you're back and forth. And there for a moment, you know, uh, I went from being scared to that adrenaline just kind of kicking in and it was like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know. And then as you kept swinging, it's like, okay, when are we going to stop? When are we going to stop? But we had to trust that that harness uh, was going to hold us as we started to come down. Uh, we had to trust that Evan was going to be able to um, reach that, uh, that cord to pull down, and he did. Um, so um, that's just one of those things where uh, you, you put faith in in a person. Um, when I was at North Greenville, uh, and we had a, the resident assistants uh, at the time, we get there early because there's a lot of training and there's a lot of moving stuff around. If you've ever been an RA in college, you understand this. And then we had a team building day. And during that team building day, how many of you know what a trust fall is? How many of you have ever done a trust fall before? How many of you were scared when it was your turn to do the trust fall? Okay, I still see some hands, yes. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, they put you on this, this wooden platform, and you have all your other so-called friends uh, there, and they tell you to turn around, put your arms across your chest, and close your eyes. And then they say, you need to let them know when you're ready to fall. And you'll say, ready? And they say, ready. And you say, falling and they say, falling. And you are at the mercy of those people, hoping that you didn't like make them mad before you got there that day, that as you fell, because there's nothing between you and the ground except for them. And so you have to have faith that those people are going to catch you before you fall to the ground. And we've, we've done that multiple times over the years with our students uh, as a way of uh, talking about trust and things like that. But in all of these situations, whether it's zip lining, whether it's uh, skydiving, the trust fall, in all of those situations, uh, we have to display our faith in that something or someone. And so today, as we get into Hebrews chapter 11 and we continue this series, we're going to talk about what it looks like for a person to live by faith. 
So Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 1, the Word of God says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now your translation may say, the substance of things hoped for. Um, But it says, for by it, talking about faith, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so the the writer of Hebrews, he starts off and he kind of gives you this, this description of what faith is. And he says, he refers to faith, he says, as the assurance of things hoped for. But he goes on and he says, the conviction of things not seen. There are things in our faith uh, as a believer in Christ that we may not see the end result, but we trust the one who has given us this faith and the one who, the substance of our faith, talking about God, to, to help us through each and every situation. And he even goes on and he refers back to the book of Genesis when he says, we understand that the world was created by the word of God. Everything in existence came to be by the spoken word of the Lord. God spoke the world into existence. It didn't happen by chance. It happened intentionally. And it became exactly how the Lord had planned it. And as he created it. As we, you can go back to the first chapter of Genesis and read that account. And then in chapter 4, and continuing on through the rest of the chapter, uh, we're going to see that examples of men and women who had extreme faith in God. And let's read this in chapter 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And if you've got a pen or, uh, or a, a highlighter, I would encourage you to, uh, to highlight this verse in verse 6. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen... In reverent fear, fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place uh, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, 
heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Let's stop there. And we get to the first thing about living by faith. Living by faith requires a personal relationship with God. That is the first and foremost step in the life of a believer. And all in order to live by faith, we have to have that personal relationship with God himself. I want you to think about this. How many times would you have given up in, in life had it not been for your personal faith in God? How many times would you have not done the hard things or pushed through a very difficult situation in your life had it not been for that personal relationship that you have with God? Each and every one of us could stand up and, and give a witness to situations in our life. Whether it's the death of someone or the illness of someone. Or maybe it was a tough situation that, uh, that a student faces at school with a particular person. But living by faith doesn't happen without that relationship with God. Let's continue. In verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age. Since she considered him faithful who had promised, therefore from one man and him as good as dead was born descendants. As many as the stars of heaven and as many as the numerous grains of sand in the seashore. They all, these all died by faith. Not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles of the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. Verse 16, But as it is, they desired a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And we're going to continue on here in just a moment. But here, not only does living by faith require a personal relationship with God, but living by faith allows us to trust God in every aspect of our life. Now, that's easier said than done. It's easier for us to speak that than apply it sometimes. Because there are certain things, because of our human nature, that it's easy to trust God with. And there are things in our life that it's, it tends to be more difficult to trust God with. Uh, and, but as we grow in our faith in Christ, as we are living by faith each and every day, that trusting God with every aspect of our life becomes easier and easier and easier. There are some times that it's still difficult, but we do it because we know God's track record in our life. We know about the goodness of God in our life. We know about the faithfulness of God in our life. We know that God is in control and nothing takes him by surprise. There is nothing that you have or will ever go through that's going to take God by surprise. There's nothing that will happen in your life or in 
the life of a loved one that God says, oh, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Because he already knows from the beginning to the end. He knows the beginning of our life and the end of our life. Nothing takes God by surprise. And because we know that nothing takes God by surprise, and that there's never a time that God has not or will not be in control, it allows us to put our trust in God in every aspect of our life. Those of you that are parents in this room or uh, are grandparents, you understand that uh, as your kids grow up, not only does your prayer life grow up, especially when they get their license, um, but, um, but you understand that you need to trust God to help guide them each and every way. You need to you put your trust in God. That what you are teaching them, the life lessons that you're teaching them, the spiritual lessons that you're teaching them, the discipleship that has been going on in your home, the prayers that you've been praying, and all, even before they were born, that God is totally capable of watching over them, just as He's watching over you. You see, a lack of trust is not faith. A lack of trust in God is unbelief. And there are many times in people's lives where we have just had unbelief and not faith. I want you to do me a favor real quick. I want you to think back to times in your life when you had a situation or a circumstance where you had to trust God with. There was no way that, that the situation was going to come out in a good position other than trusting God. But you displayed your faith when you decided to trust Him. And we display unbelief when we decide to put our trust in ourselves. A verse that I, I've quoted many, many times, and I probably will until the day that the Lord sends me home, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Why? Because that's one of those verses that has meant so much to me in my life. It's one of those verses that even as a child, I was, in, I was taught and I was, uh, I was encouraged to memorize. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. There are some of you in this room that you're trusting God in the life of your child because not only are they getting ready to go to school, they're getting ready to go to college. And no longer will they be in your household on a day-to-day basis for you to help get them up, make sure they're out the door in the car or, and getting to school on time. You're putting your your faith in God that He's going to protect them while they're away from you. As I look around today, I see many faces that, uh, of parents that have already been through that series of life. Your child is, is older now, but I remember as they grew up in high school and in college, the conversations that, uh, that we would have. 
you know, pray for so-and-so. You know, they're, they've got a tough week coming up. You know, or, hey, there's a tough situation that, that this person's going through. You know, would you pray with me about that? Because you weren't right there to help in that situation. Living by faith allows us to trust God in every aspect of our life. Do you think it was easy for Noah to start building the ark in a time when it had never rained before? And yet, not talking about a small boat, but we're talking about something large and huge. Do you think it was easy for him to do something that God had told him to do, knowing that not only would it be hard, it would take a long time, but he would be ridiculed along the way. But he trusted God. When God told Abraham to go to a distant country, a place that, where he had to leave his family and take his immediate family with him, and to go to a place that God hadn't told him yet, but God had given him a promise. Abraham tr- trusted. Do you think Sarah, in her old age, when she was told that she was going to give birth to a son? Yes, we know that she was not perfect. She laughed at first, and then she tried to do it her own way. But ultimately, she trusted God. And God blessed her with the son, the son of a promise that God had made to Abraham. And she was blessed through that. Living by faith allows us to trust God in every aspect of our life. I just have a question for you today. Whether you're a student whether you're an adult, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, what are the things in your life that you still have, a tr- have trouble trusting God completely with? And you're, you've got one hand out ready to give it to God, then you've got your other hand out with a closed fist, trying to hang on to just a little bit of it. Can I ask you today just to open up that other hand and to re- release it all to him and to trust him with that situation or with that person? The third thing that we see in the book of Hebrews is that living by faith gives you the courage and the confidence to obey and follow Jesus even when it doesn't make sense to others around you. And even when it doesn't make sense to you. As we read, continue to read through the book of Hebrews, chapter, I mean, verse 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, which was the son of the promise. And he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his, whole, his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did not receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob 
and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, verse 23, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that this child was beautiful and that they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkle of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people of the Red Sea crossed the dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. After they had encircled for seven days, by faith, Rahab, yes, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And it goes on and on from verse 32 to the end of the chapter of different people like Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Women who had Welcome, received back their dead from the resurrection. Some that were tortured, refusing to accept release. Others mocking and flocking, even chains in prison. And yes, there were some that were stoned and some that were sawn in two. And there were some that gave their life ultimately because of their faith. Living by faith gives you the courage to obey and follow Jesus. As we read through Hebrews chapter 11, as we have the heroes of the faith hall of fame, if you will. We see this. We see men and women who displayed incredible faith in God when he called them to do something out of the ordinary. And that doesn't happen. They, didn't, they don't ex- apply that faith in their life if they didn't trust the one who was asking them to do the things that he asked them to do. That doesn't happen if these people didn't live by faith. How else would you make sense of a father who was willing to put his son on an altar and willing to sacrifice him because the Lord told him to? Now, we know because we have the whole canon of Scripture, the Old Testament and New Testament, we know that that was a test that God had for Abraham. And we know that he passed it. But we also know that Abraham was not perfect. None of these people that are, that are talked about and referred to in Hebrews chapter 11 were perfect people. They were ordinary people that had an extraordinary faith in the God who created them. They were like you, and they were like me. The big key to their life was the faith that they displayed.
Which leads me to the last point. Living by faith gives us the opportunity to be an encouragement and example to other people in our lives. Those who are believers and those who are unbelievers at this point. When we live out our faith among our coworkers, among our fellow students, among our friends, our family, it gives us the opportunity to be that example that living for Jesus is worth the cost. It gives us the opportunity to point them to Jesus. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the people of faith who came before you. Those people who God used in your life to point you to Jesus and to disciple you in the faith, to help you when you were young in your faith to grow in your recognition of who God is and who you really are. I want you to think about those people. They were ordinary people who had an extraordinary faith, who had decided back then that living for Jesus was worth the cost because they recognized that this whole faith thing, this Christianity thing, is so much bigger than them. And they realized that if they didn't disciple and invest in that next generation below them, then there would be a heavy price to pay. Those people whose faith helped give you the desire and encouragement to live your life for Jesus today. That parent, that grandparent, that aunt, uncle, that Sunday school teacher, that youth leader, that pastor. who wanted to make sure that you understood that Jesus was worth everything that you had to give. I'll never forget Mike and Kim Turner. Just ordinary blue-collar workers. Didn't have the highest of education. But Jesus changed their life one day. And as a middle schooler and a high schooler, they invested in the students of our student ministry at my home church. For years. And they weren't the most popular people. 
They weren't the most intellectual people. They were just ordinary people who God had transformed their life and who God had given them a desire to invest in that generation of teenagers at our church. And they did it faithfully. And they may not have had all the answers when we had a question for them. But there was one thing that we knew. There was no doubt that they loved Jesus and there was no doubt that they loved us. And they wanted to see us succeed in our faith. They wanted to see us grow in our faith. And they would take off weeks of vacation to go to camp with us. And laugh with us. And worship with us. And put up with our silly practical jokes. Sometimes that we may want to try to play on them. I think about Vicki Oxley. Who was one of my Sunday school teachers. Who came in week in and week out. Prepared to teach a Sunday school lesson from the Word of God and did it faithfully for over 10 years. Vicki's still living. Mike and Kim, cancer, took Kim from this world and health issues took Mike. Just in the last couple of years. They were just ordinary people. The most. But to a group of young people. They were heroes. Who are the heroes of your faith? Who are the people that have poured into you? Who are the people that continue to pour into you? You see, we can learn from the faith of other people who have come before us. And we can learn from those that God has placed in our life right now. If we will just have the faith to trust God that they're there because they love Jesus and they love us. And there's a lot of life lessons, a lot of faith lessons that are to be learned. Even as adults. There are people in your life right now, no matter what age you are, that are still pouring into you, that are still investing in you. These heroes of the faith, they look forward to the promise of a better day and a better place, the scripture says. A heavenly place. A day when they would truly be home. We live our lives so much and in such a way sometimes that we feel like we're going to be here on this earth for so long and forever. But yet, as the, as the Bible says, we're just wanderers. We're just foreigners and aliens in this land for a period of time. 
if you're a believer in Christ, and uh, there is a home that has been prepared for you. A home that many in this church are experiencing now. The Jack and Thursa Caps. The Lewis McDonald's. And I can go on and on and on. Ron Ferranti. Grady Griffith. People who I grew to love because I saw their love for Jesus and their love for people. The heroes of the faith. I want to encourage you this week. Think about those two, three, four people in your life who've been influential in your faith journey up until this point. And if they're still here on this earth, won't you write them? Write them a card and put it in the mail. Won't you send them a text or give them a call and just say thank you? Thank you for seeing something in me that was worth investing in. We all need it. And then I want you to think about that one or two people that God's laid on your heart in this church that God wants you to continue to pour in or start to pour into and invest in to help disciple, to help do life with. The group New Song wrote a song many years ago called Hero of the Faith about one of their heroes and one of the heroes of many of you in this room by the name of Reverend Billy Graham. A man who grew up a farmer in a farming country. Who was transformed, whose life was transformed by God. And who answered the call to preach the word wherever God would send him. And Billy Graham, at one time, just opened up his hands to God. And said, God, whatever you want to do with my life, it's yours. And there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives that were changed by the word of God and the ministry of Billy Graham today. And some of those lyrics... And that song say, Billy, we know you don't want to be called a hero. And Billy, we know, we understand that you're just another man. But you've been so faithful to the call. And Billy, you stood tall. You're a hero of the faith to us all. My prayer... For you, for me, is that those words 
will be said from a generation of people who have been impacted because we opened up our hand and said, God, whatever you want to do, however you want to use me, my life is yours. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today thanking you for the heroes of faith that we see in Hebrews chapter 11. Those people, those men, those women who simply opened up their hands and opened up their hearts to allow you to come in and for you to change them and use them however you wanted to. And Father, because of their faithfulness, we're talking about them in 2023. Thousands and thousands of years later. Father, I pray that when our time is gone on this earth, that people will talk about Jesus first. And then they'll talk about how you used each and every one of us in this room to impact and influence others around us because of the gospel and our faith. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we get to be used as your instruments to shine the light into a dark world. To give hope to those that have given up on hope. And it's only possible by living out our faith in you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we come to this time of response and invitation, if there's a decision that, that you want to make, that you need to make, if there's an altar that you need to come and pray about, you want to you praise God and thank God for just how he's used you in some, some, somebody's life, how he's used someone else in your life. You just want to praise him for that. No, you can come to the altar and do that. You can do it right there in your chair. Maybe today, you know, you've been visiting and you, you've been looking for a church home. And you want to come and be a part of the fellowship here at Crossroads. And we would love to welcome you into our family. Because that's truly what it is. It's family. And uh, family loves each other. We may not always like each other, but we do love them. Right? Amen. Let's, let's stand. You respond as the Spirit leads. much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope.com 
at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, Hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.